Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Kitchen. This is the Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to just catch up. With me, as always, is my brother. Frankie. The Aussie. We should do and that. And, oh. wait. Oh, right. Also with us is my daughter, Rose Biazzi. She's six months old, so she can't talk, really. She might make some sounds. She has her pacifier in. But she's here. Hi, Rose. And I've, I've kept her off social media, so, like, it's weird, like... To put her on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think this is different than, you like, know, I was saying, or likeness or whatever. I was saying I was, uh... I started watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. My favorite relationship in Ted Lasso is one of the dudes on the team. His name is Roy Kent. Okay. He's like a, the, he's the captain. He's a vet. He's like slow and old, and he's just angry. He's just mean to everybody. And he's got this six-year-old niece who's adorable, and I love their like little relationship. And I'm like, I like having Rose around. Rose likes her uncle Frankie. That's for um, sure. We should do a podcast episode. Okay. Where we do like 15 different segments. In every segment, you introduce the podcast and we're just in a different room. The kitchen. We could do the that. The den. We could do that this episode. Kind of. <laughs> um, Rose and I watched a lot of Blue's Clues this weekend. I can't wait to have a kid just so I can watch old TV shows. I, I like watch so watch, much Rocket Power. I like to watch like SpongeBob and Looney Tunes with her, but Rachel says it's too fast paced. It's probably not good for her. What does that mean? Wait, maybe it's, she can't like focus on anything. And that's a good thing. Just keep it going. Listen, she's gonna probably have a tablet by the time she's four. So her attention span is gonna be that of a lightning bolt. I'm gonna raise her as if we were Amish. I saw Amish people she's in a scrap. Oh, she grabbed me. I saw <laughs> Amish people inside of a sheets. Oh yeah. On my drive down to North Carolina. Did you say hello? And they were ordering food from like the. Like I didn't tablet. know they were allowed to do that. That's what I said. And then they were in a car. Were you sure they were Amish? They were dressed like they were Amish. And the guy had the, the classic Amish beard where it's just like here. They could be Mennonite. Maybe. Mennonite are similar to Amish, but they have... They're but a little bit more relaxed when it comes to technology. They weren't driving the car. They had a driver. Yeah, I don't think the Mennonites drive, but I think they can take like buses and stuff. That's weird. Because like, I don't think the Amish can take the buses or like get on. That's what I thought. I was like... Unless they were on Rom Springer. But then I was thinking about it like you wanted to buy an Amish playground. My child is literally beating the microphone. Sorry. Rose, I'm, I will allow having bad audio quality just for you. No one else, though. Right, beep, beep. Um, I wonder how that sounds. This is, this is baby ASMR podcast. Yeah, bang the table. I think it hurts her hand when she just slaps the table with, like, this part. Like, that part hurts. It's like a martial artist. Like, if you just focus through your target, you don't feel it. She doesn't even think about it. She's like, wow. All right, well, I think that's enough podcast for today. Good podcast. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't knock over the beer, Rosie. Oh, my gosh. It's not a beer. I'd be very... Responsible of you to be podcasting while drinking while holding your baby. <coughs> it's a cream soda. Sure. That's <laughs> what the kids say. Alright, have a good week. Alright, bye.
Hello, and thank you for being around for a word from our sponsors, us. And today we want to bring you a message from us about how today's episode is a little different. If you're a long-time listener to the Brothers Catch-Up podcast, you may realize that we hide little extra post scripts after our main podcast. Well, this episode, we accidentally started recording like midway through our post-episode conversation, and then realized that it was actually better than we probably would have done if we had recorded it as our main podcast. And then we tried to record a main podcast, and it actually ended up being just about us talking about the dolphins for a while. So what you're going to hear now is like half a conversation that really was supposed to be like a bonus track that turned into like the main body of our podcast this week, followed by an angry argument about the dolphins that we really didn't want to have on the podcast that we're just leaving that you can listen to uh but everything's fine between us don't worry about the the arguments and uh don't think that the short thing you just listened to was the actual podcast it's just us continuing this joke where we leave things hidden and just happens that this week what we're leaving hidden is like most of the podcast so uh yeah have a good week thank you for listening to the brothers catch up dies and then he after his brother dies has sex with his brother's his dead brother's wife and then his dead brother's wife's sister and then cheats on both of them with a prostitute that he gets pregnant like that's that's the type of character we're talking about they would say <laughs> that's, that happened well they it would say happen. they would say maybe the first part happened that like <laughs> you know him and his no one's him and his sister, it, him and his sister-in-law, were in like a vulnerable spot together. Bullshit. And what about, what about the sister-in-law's sister? They don't know about that one. That's my point. It's like they know like some of it, and they have reasons for those. Well, he was in a vulnerable spot. It was tough. They were both so sad, and you know, they, were, the, they just the comforted each other. With his fourteen-year-old niece. They say those. That's rake. That, that that's fake. That's. That's Japanese, not Japanese. But like, why would you believe? That's Russian propaganda. Why would you believe he'd only do some of the shitty stuff? Russia, dude. Oh God. I'm telling you, you're you're you're. It's 2021. (laughs) All hope of things becoming good are gone. You have to wake up to that. So, (laughs) right, this is the world we live in. You're gonna have an easier time for you. If you just start to really look at it from their point of view. And not their point of view of, like, they have opinions on these things. Their point of view of, like, they legitimately don't know. And they don't want to know. I Because they don't it, care. But here's the thing. I do look at it from their point of view. And that's you're not. Mad. No, but you're not looking at it no, from their point of view. No, but I am. No, from their point of view, you're going, how could you be okay with that? I'm telling you right now, they are not okay with it. Well, that's just, I'm being. They are choosing I'm being, to not know about it. I'm being argumentative in this instance. I understand that they don't know these things. My whole point is just, at what point do you hear it? Like, here's what I don't understand. 
do they hear the words and information and then no. ignore it? Or does it just never reach their no, brain? No, it never reaches their brain. But, like, I've told people about these it things. It doesn't matter, because, remember... Unless they hear it from, like... It's kind of, It kind of goes both ways. We are in such a weird spot where, like, everything, if it comes from the other side... Yes. It has no weight. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter how much fact is behind anything you say... Just, like, it doesn't really matter how much facts behind what they say, right? Like, there kind of is, at this point, this divide of, I don't listen to anything you have to say because I don't believe it, and you don't listen to anything I have to say because you, you don't believe it. All right, but here's where here's where I think you're wrong. Like, th- it's not like none of it ever shows up on the other side's, like, news agencies. Like, this is a clip from CBS. Like, this was... A CBS clip from around the election time about Hunter's laptop. And as you know, the Department of Justice continues its investigation into Hunter Biden's finances. And the FBI also seized a laptop in 2019 that they believe belongs to him. You gotta hear Hunter here. It's crazy. interview with CBS News that aired in April, Hunter said... He had no idea whether the laptop belonged to him, but he did acknowledge there was a real possibility that it could be his. So let's play a bit of that interview. Did you leave a, a laptop with a repairman in no, Wilmington? No, 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 not that you remember. No, no. But whether or not um, somebody has my laptop, whether or not uh, it was my uh, was hacked, whether or not there exists a laptop at all, I truly don't know. Are you missing a laptop? Not that I know of. Come on. He doesn't know if he's missing a laptop. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's probably got so many laptops. I, I def, I'm defending him there. He's probably got 30 laptops. How is he supposed to know if he's missing one? Someone might have my laptop. But here's the thing. That was on CBS. The whole interview is crazy. But, like, just that to me, everything about that answer sounds like a liar. Let's play a game. Yes. Let's play a game for the podcast. Okay. Our mother doesn't listen to this podcast, sure. I would assume. She would never make it this far into the podcast. Let's play a game. Call her up <laughs> and just be like, "Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to have a long conversation. Just a quick question, and I gotta go." Do do did Hunter Biden have like is his laptop? What like do you, are you aware that there is his laptop out there? She knows about that. I know she does. We've had conversations about the laptop. And what does she think about the laptop? That it's Russian. Okay, Russian. so that's my but point. But that's a blatant lie. But that... Yes! But that's not <laughs> what I'm arguing. I'm arguing, like, from their point of view... But, like, all right. The CIA can just push bullshit to the news. Correct. The news can then push that bullshit on us. Correct. I'm glad it you're understanding then, how this it works. It can then be proven bullshit later on by the same news agencies that, that push said, the bullshit. Yes. Mm-hmm. They can Good. then ignore it and never apologize for it. Yep. And the reality just remains the bullshit? Yes. I'm glad you get it. I hate that. Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> Why worst. do you think we're here? Why do you think we just had four years of Trump, a rigged election, and all this shit? Like, this is this is our reality. All right, so and sp- it's not going to change. Speaking about mom, I actually texted her the other day. I don't think we talked about this. We have to bury this at the end of the podcast because yeah. I don't want... For sure. But I said, just curious, what do you know about the Arizona audit results? Because I knew that she... I know nothing about the Arizona audit results. Well, I knew that she wasn't going to 
I knew what she was going to say, and she actually ended up saying exactly what I knew she was going to say, which is, the cyber ninjas finished their audit, and Joe Biden won, and they found 300 more votes for him. That's not even close to true. Like, that is not even in the realm of near truth. That is what was pushed briefly, because they didn't even talk about it very much. They just said, and by the way, Arizona audit ended and uh, by the way, it's not over. But 300 more fine. votes for Joe Biden. Yeah, that's all they said. Correct. Okay. Here's The reality of it is... I Hold on. Yes. I said this a year ago. We can go back on the podcast. At some point, you have to just tip your cap. And I think... <laughs> no, no, seriously. I think you're... I think you're still in the stage of, like, this all matters. None of it matters. We're playing a futile game. But at the end of the day, it is just a game. Your side of this game that is a justice seeker and cares about truth and facts, guess what? Your side sucks. They lose every game. Your side is the 0-16 Detroit Lions, right? They're the Patriots, dude. They don't lose. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, we, it doesn't matter what we do. Like, we're always right. Yeah. So, like, look at it in that light. Just like, it doesn't matter. It's a game. You always lose the game. And it sucks. Because, like, this game has consequences. Like, this really is our political landscape in our life that we live. And our rulers are corrupt more than corrupted in words that I won't say. Like, it's just... Just is what it is. I know what you're saying. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Generally. And I... I think we've said the same variation of that before on this podcast as well. But... I don't think it's really a fight. Or a game. Like, I don't think it's actually a comp. There's no actual competition here. It's, no, it's more like it's more like being in the backyard with your older brother. That's so funny because you're right. As you were saying that, I've changed. Are you are you gonna about to say that like you're playing like you're like the you other side's not even yes. playing the yeah. game. Like I'm like no, come on, let's play as this game. Yeah. as we can to make any little bit of progress towards achieving our goal, which is, you know, enlightening the masses, achieving some sort of unity, peace in our day, whatever it is. And they're just, like, hanging out with... They're just ignoring you. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, like, go play with someone else. And then, like, your friend... With their hands behind, t- tied behind their back, like... And, like, your friend comes over and, like, he'll play with you. But, like, it's not the same. It's not like... Like, no, I, I really want them to play. So... But I do think that it's unfortunate because in this instance, like, the older brother is actually homicidal and wants to maliciously harm us. And you're trying, you're trying to get the attention of it. Like, someone help. This is a bad situation I'm in. And, you know, no one, there's no one there to help. That's... Like, I don't know, though. Like, I don't know. Is it worth... At what point do we just stop? Because, well, like, I, like, go on, like, Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. He's trying, man. But, like, why? Yeah, like, I'm impressed that he's still trying. Like, I've... I've like, I'm <laughs> at the point where, like, I've given up. Like, I don't... 
watch anything. I don't care. Like you with the audit. Like I don't care about the audit because to me it doesn't matter. Like it's it's nothing. Like it's never gonna actually have any impact until it does, and then maybe I'll care. But well, in the audit instance, so I'm just gonna live my life and just hope to God I die of natural causes before <laughs> I'm eighty. If that's what happens, great. Uh, a couple things. With the audit, they did find, essentially, at least 58,000 votes that are questionable. Meaning, like, they shouldn't have been counted in the first place. At least 58,000. But that's 58,000 just on, like, signatures, duplicates, addresses. The margin in, in Arizona was 17,000. So they're way past the margin of votes you would need to toss out in order to call the election into question. But what people are missing about this whole ordeal and why the audit is important isn't because it might change something. It might change something, but it's not that. You need to set the precedent that these elections have to be thoroughly inspected. And by finding 58,000 votes in one county in Arizona, mind you, so the whole total of difference between Biden and Trump was 17,000 in the state of Arizona. In one county in Arizona, Maricopa County, which is the largest county, they found 58,000 votes that shouldn't have been counted, that by their admitted, like, very lax standard. These are people that, like, didn't even sign the envelope where you're supposed to sign the mail-in envelope. They didn't even sign it, and it was counted. There's, these are votes that were counted four times, you know? So, like, they're not... These are big mistakes, and 58,000 is a lot of votes. Obviously, when the margin is 17,000, even if you don't want to say it's malicious fraud, we have to understand that our elections for a long time have been very easy to manipulate. Okay, so that's what I was going to kind of counter that with you. You say it's more about, like, we have to make sure these... The elections are. We have to shatter secure. the illusion. We have to shatter the illusion that the election system in this country is worth putting our faith. We're going to have an election in in this state of New Jersey in November, and it's November. Gonna be completely, it's going to be. Do you have any hokey? No, okay. I have no, I have no faith. In all right, perfect. In another, but all fifty states in need another, to do what they did in Arizona. In another two years, we're going to be voting for president again. Yeah. Are you even going to vote in that election? Is I it going to matter? Voting in all these elections. Is it going to matter? I'll explain why. Now that this report is in in Arizona, because it's not done, the state didn't comply, or well, not the state, the county didn't comply with the subpoenas from the state senate. So the audit is incomplete. There's still aspects about this election that ha- weren't addressed in the three and a half hour long press conference or in this 110 page report. Things like creases in envelopes that were supposedly counted, things like watermarks that weren't necessarily found things that had to go through the actual voting machines weren't even touched in the fir- in this first report and press conference that they had earlier this over the weekend like Friday with this report they kicked it over to the attorney general of Arizona who's a Trump guy and they're having him criminally prosecute any criminally prosecutable offenses in Arizona and they're going to start to now force Dominion to comply with this audit. But what's happened is Pennsylvania 
Texas, Wisconsin, and Michigan have all started their own audits. And I and remember, and Arizona is now expanding their audit to the whole state because they found so many issues in one county. If five states now Texas is auditing four counties, they're auditing two Republican counties and two Democrat counties. Michigan is auditing, I think, one. Georgia is going to audit uh, Fulton County. So all these places are going to do what they did in Arizona. And I guarantee you, because I've been awake and not asleep for the, my entire fucking life, and I understand that my entire life, every time we have an election, the outcome is questioned because of the shot. Well not, well, not every time in your life. Every time in your life, plus like 40 years before that. Sure. All right, continue. But especially in our lifetime, because it's, it's only going back to... 2000, especially no. the hanging chads in, in Florida. No, but it goes all the way wait, back wait, 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 to wait. JFK. Let me finish the thought. It only goes back to 2000 we started using these electronic voting machines the way that we do. The ones that... Sure. The one, and that's where most of this fraud is going to find... You're going to find it But there's been, there's been fraud and cheating in elections since the 60s. Absolutely. Probably before. Absolutely, but I'm telling you that the online, the internet era has changed the way that yeah, fraud... Yeah, that's, that's for sure. It's significant, though. It's not. It's not like oh, when JFK allegedly steals Illinois, that's a totally different thing. It's not a hundred percent totally different thing because they still stuff ballots. Yeah, and they still harvest them from places where they shouldn't be harvesting them. Like they still go to like nursing homes and people on their deathbeds and take ballots the way that they shouldn't and drop a hundred off at a polling place and they get counted. That should never happen. But what they do today, because of the the systems they have in place, is this algorithm that got mocked and like cost Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood like their reputations because this is what they got thrown out of court for over and over and over again. It's not a joke, and it's something that gets. This isn't new. Like it's what's frustrating is having to say because Trump exists and like we you support Trump that this is now just some wild conspiracy theory yeah like george bush did this in ohio dude but that's what i've that's in what 2004 I'm, I'm really starting to turn on this whole like like trump did so much more harm than good because he was so polarizing and he has made it impossible to get any headway with the other side now i see what you're because saying. the other side will now just allow anything because yeah, i'm sorry continue it's not that, though. Like, you can't blame him. Where's, where's Quinn? I put him inside. Okay. You can't blame you can't blame him for what the reaction of others was. No. And I think that the propaganda that's put out there against him that's mostly false anyway is the driving force and all that. And all that it would take to break through that is, is illuminating the truth. Which is highlighting the corruption that took place before him. All right, then, all right, maybe maybe that's true. But then the issue becomes, and I think you could do that with these audits. No, but then I think the issue becomes that the the propaganda on the other side is so strong that that's how they were able to make everyone feel towards Trump. But look at what's happening, like, dude. Yesterday I was walking. Was it yesterday or was it Saturday when I was in Asheville? Like, like people. Outwardly wearing like clothing that just say like "fuck Trump." Like it's not like 
Well, that's gone to an extreme with Biden now. Yes. But it's kind of like what we talked about on Twitter, right? Like how they don't feel authentic. Like yeah. the the fuck the fuck Biden feels very authentic and it feels like it's just people. The fuck Trump stuff if we're saying it, it you can't blame Trump for how people react to him, although I I think you can. Um but if the media and how they but portrayed him like, But that's like blaming Biden, uh, Obama when he was running for like racists who okay, but, thought he was born in Kenya. But it's not his fault. But my point is and I then think he was if, born in Kenya. if not not because I'm racist. And the media is so strong against him that they can rile up this many people to not only hate this person, hate him so much to the point that they will willingly ignore anything that could possibly come out in support of him, help him, or worse, just hurt the other side. They've been doing that to Republicans forever. It was different with Trump. It was different with Trump because Trump is a bigger character, but it, they're good. like when DeSantis runs, DeSantis will literally be Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he will. They already call him Death Santis. They always say fucked up Ron DeSantis. Like, it's, it's no different. But I'm saying that in the wake of showing people that your elections for a long time have been blatantly rigged, the only reason why Trump won in 2016, again, is because they didn't understand the magnitude Correct. of support that was behind him. Which is crazy. And when he Hold got... On. Wait. There's only so many ballots that exist in this country in, any, in an election. Usually. Correct. So, you... in When you have a stronghold like Detroit or Atlanta or Philadelphia... They, can, they know how to cheat. They know how to make up certain numbers. They have ballots ready to When the to numbers go, are just like... Yes. Too large. There's nothing they can do. So, like, people... But, People get upset when you Can mention we? that, like, 100% of Detroit voted in 2016 or 98% of Orange County or these crazy ludicrous numbers. And they'll say, that's not true. That's conspiracy theory. But it's true. Like, the voter, the, the reason why they leave these voter rolls so bloated is so that they have bodies that can just fill in the blanks. These aren't real people. These are just ballots that they flood into the system to reach an outcome they want. When Trump won, they knew that's the, the pandemic is the most convenient thing ever because of... The fact that they were able to throw the mail-in ballots into the mix. When people are getting four or five ballots mailed to their Correct. house, it Correct. changes the game. Well, I will forever die on that hill. Like, if COVID doesn't happen... Trump is Trump wins in a Reagan-esque landslide. No doubt. B- and, he won, and he did. Like, bigger. You can't convince me that he didn't. He did. Yeah. 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. A hundred... What is it? 81 plus 74. Yeah, you're talking 155 million yeah, people voted in this election. That is completely ridiculous. Yeah, it is a that is a laughable number, and that and what happened in the 2020 election were all the red flags that the UN would warn people to look out for in like third world nations that have democracies, like when Venezuela goes to vote, or you know China. It's like and look out for a record number of votes, crazy high turnouts, and look out for. Uh, last-minute vote swings that that change trajectories. Late well, night, late night vote stop counting stoppages. Yo, all we, these things. Should we get the UPS man to come on our podcast? How you doing today? No, but can we real quick? I want to go back to 2016. Yeah. Isn't it remarkable how how did they not know? Like you're saying, like 
they didn't understand the the support they don't he had. No, it was the most obvious. It was the most obvious thing. If you just walked outside, you felt it. There's three key reasons. The first thing they are completely driven by Google Analytics. How you doing? So like, nothing. You say about, Google Analytics? Yeah. Like nothing about how the politicians in Washington D.C. understand the people they should be, you know, beholden to is actually based on interacting with people. The only people they actually interact with are billionaires and millionaires. And the only people they care about are the opinions of lobbyists and their, the people that the lobbyists represent. So when they look at the data trends online, they understood that Donald Trump Had was a phenomenon. But they always believed that he was a joke. Because they buy their own propaganda. Like, the reason why so much of the media follows... Such a good point. ...the propaganda is because they think they are telling the truth. 90% of the journalists that put out the bullshit think that bullshit is the truth. And they can't comprehend what being a journalist actually is because they believe it to be telling the lies of the state. I'm glad we got to this point because I would love to talk about this. When you're a kid, and like you like, and you find yourself in the first position in your life, maybe you're like eight or nine years old, and like you break something, you realize like I have to lie. You're like I have to be good here. Like I have to tell a good lie. And then like you do, and like it doesn't go away now. Like you now have to live in the reality that you just made yeah, because yeah. you have to. You that's have always to, just the that's truth. just the truth now. Yeah. And then I think at some point. You actually start to believe your lie. You go, right, that didn't happen. Like, this is exactly it. I didn't break the vase. And... The dog did it. The... The Glenn Greenwald video that he put out last week. Yeah. Where he goes over the Hunter Biden laptop case. And how the media... Just not... Not... Like... Like, I... Personally, I think that's an act of war. Like, I think it should be... No, I'm I agree with you. I'm 100%. Like, I think it should be okay, like, if... A group of people stormed in like CNN. Like, I'm not gonna say it, but like, you know, like I, I, so, like, oh, it's justified. It's justified. It's an act of war. Yeah, seriously. And not just CNN. I mean, any outlet that put any that, outlet, and especially Facebook and Twitter, and any, dude, if Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey got and Jeff carried, Bezos, Amazon got carried out and drawn and quartered. Guess what? Amazon was taking Parler off the internet because of. So, oh, yes. what, I, what I was thinking was, like, in that video, Glenn Greenwald shows a clip of uh, Christine Amanpour. I'm a journalist. And did he show a clip of Joy Reid, too? Or maybe I saw a clip of Joy, Re- Joy and Reid, like, on Twitter later that day. But regardless, what, what I can't get through my head, what I, what I wrestle with, is, like, are they dumb evil liars or is it this third category what you're kind of saying is like they actually just live in this fantasy land that they have created that they have gotten so far down the rabbit hole with all of their lies and bullshit and trusting every word out of the cia's mouth that they legitimately believe the shit that they spout 
They definitely like do. does Anderson the Cooper is yes, like does Anderson Cooper really believe that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian propaganda? All right. Well, he's not going. Hey, I know this isn't Russian propaganda. I'm just going to tell the people it's Russian propaganda, and this is the narrative I'm creating. He's actively going. This is Russian propaganda. I believe this. I must tell all of our listeners without doing one ounce of fact checking. That's what you're saying? Well, Anderson Cooper, it's like three categories. Some of them are plants, like <clears throat> Operation Mockingbird style, CIA planted. Like Mika Brzezinski on Morning Joe is the son, is the daughter of Zygmunt Brzezinski. So, like. He was the head of the CIA. Like, what? Like, well, Anderson Cooper, Nicole Vanderbilt, Wallace, Nicole so like, Wallace, George Stephanopoulos, um, the other lady on CNN—I don't remember her name—they were literally press secretaries. Like, what do you think they're there? Who, who do you think they get their information from? Like, the literal state. Like the literal state. Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt, and he has ties to the CIA as well. Did. Quick tangent. Yeah. So we were in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh-huh. And in Asheville, North Carolina, the Biltmore. Okay. Which is... The Vanderbilts. The old... Did I send you pictures of it? I don't know if you did. All right, here. I'll show you a picture. So George Vanderbilt, I guess back in the... Like the, the 20s or the 10s or something, had this dude. He's like, uh, can you come build me a house? And so they did. And it's preposterous that this like this shouldn't be allowed to exist look at this zoom in and like wow that's a house even if you have 18 children that's unnecessary and so like and it's on do you know how many acres of land that house sits on how many do you want to guess 600 that was just a wild guess eight Eight hundred thousand. Oh boy! Eight thousand <laughs> acres. It's like the entire county of that area of North Carolina, and it's very nice. It's beautiful, but like, it made me, like I was getting heebie-jeebies just like being there. I'm like, I don't like this. A lot of things happen. I like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like there was this really weird like fish monster on the wall. Like this really like it was a stone sculpture. And I said to Amanda, I go. See, I bet that's a symbol for something. I was yeah, like, you wouldn't just choose to put that there. Like, it was weird, and I was like, that's that means something. Yeah, there's a reason that. Yeah, like, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, sure, the fish monster. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there's there's some, some deep some stuff. Yeah, shit, it's fucking God. weird. Oh, um, God. And that's that's some of it is like people who are tied to that world, who then that, they're the masterminds, really, like. When Anderson Cooper is telling a lie, he's not telling a lie on his behalf. Like, it's coming from the source. I don't know what it is. Correct. But I can't... But then... I don't want to believe that they... The next I would rather believe that they actively are just against us and are purposefully lying. Yes, some of them are. I'd rather that. It's always a class war. Because I don't want to live in a world where it's like, they actually believe this stuff. It's always a class war, and the media is always on the side of the establishment billionaire class. That's international. But they're not supposed to be. Now, below the Anderson Cooper connected, like, okay, Chris Cuomo, son of Governor Mario Cuomo, brother to Governor Andrew Cuomo. Like, these people are in that world, not in our world. Beneath them are a bunch of cultivated liberal 
simpletons who believe ideology is the driving force in progress. Like, they grow up in this world, and they're go, they go through the same college that I did. I wanted to be a journalist. I, I, I see, Dude, I've seen you, this. Could you imagine if like, you, you would have just been one of these people? I was for a while. You could have been like successful. I understand You'd where they're like coming from. You'd be on TV making millions, and you're but, just but these are people spouting who, garbage. These are people who honestly believe that being a liberal is a good thing, and it comes from the post-9-11 Patriot Act, invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, hatred of the Republicans, and the and economic collapse. Like That's the world that a lot of these young journalists, like 40 and under, grew up in. And being a Republican is associated with being antiquated. You're you're anti-gay. You're anti-race. Do, do you think we're gonna get like a flip? Do you think it, at some it, point, we should? We're delayed, right? Like, do you think this, at some point there's got there's gonna be a swell of these like young fifteen to twenty-two year old kids who are who look at the media and go, I want to be a journalist because everything I see about journalists and media is wrong. It's evil. Like, wh- where are those people? I honestly believe that if we lived in a free society, that that would have happened. Already? Because at the end of the Obama administration, like, remember, Occupy Wall Street was in a rebellion against the Bushes. Dude, look how fast the intercept Yes. flips. Occupy Wall Street was a rebellion against Obama doing establishment bidding. And not changing the situation the way he ran on, hope and change. And that movement was artificially suppressed. And every subsequent movie, movement that's come up has been artificially suppressed and then co-opted by the Democrat Party. But people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and we go through the list every time we meet, you know, Joe Biden and Dianne Feinstein, and you go down the list. All of these people, especially on the Democratic side, are incredibly old. And have had incredible power for an incredible amount of time. And what that means is the interests of our generation, like the millennials that are now aging out, like we are going to really miss our opportunity to take the mantle of our society. We have and nothing, lead we, I think we already adults. missed it. I think it's already missed. And Gen Z is about five generations removed from people like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. There's no relationship there. So in a real world, yeah, the opposite would be true. Like, we would already have gone, not even necessarily conservative, but like anti-Democrat. We have to look at Democrats the same way we looked at Republicans after they destroyed everything. Like because you're Democrats this have destroyed everything. Yeah. And it's not about being liberal or anti-racist or progressive or nice or kind or pro-science. It's not about any of those things. It's entirely about holding people accountable. And the leadership of this country and the power center of this country goes through the Democrat Party. The Clintons, the Obamas, the Bidens, the Pelosi's, these people have never been held accountable. And yes, because they're perfect. Mitch McConnell is bad. And yes, Lindsey Graham, he's bad. And name the person on the right side that you don't like, and I guarantee you they're pretty bad. But then there's people like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Kucinich on the Democrat side and Tulsi Gabbard. They're not in the same stratosphere here. The real, the, the real power structure of this country is uniparty, and it, it, it's completely held up by the propaganda machine that keeps the progressive left 
under its thumb. If the youth would stop growing up, going to universities, and becoming ultra-liberal, the country would be in better shape because they would be able to understand the plight of our society. But what's happening is they're not understanding the plight of our society until it's too late. Until they've already supported the power structure for four election cycles or more. Now, like, if you're someone like me, it was only one election, right? Like, I'm, tw- I'm, a- I'm about to be 27, so I've now voted in three elections. Obama's 2012, Trump's 2016, Biden's 2020. And, like, even just that 2016, like, I think about, like, that vote for, for Obama. Or not 2016, 2012. I think about that vote for Obama. I was a senior in high school, uh, fighting with people on Twitter about how right I was about Obama. And then I look back, I'm like, I knew nothing. Like, I knew nothing. And I still don't. Like, I still don't think I'm, like, the most informed voter. But I know enough now that, like, I don't really care. How many... We said this a couple months ago, maybe longer. Like, policy doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'll never vote on policy. Policy is a joke. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, until we... We don't get what we want either way. Yeah, like, you're never going to... Like, oh, I like I like this idea. Like, you're an idiot. You're never going to get it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're never going to get it. Does Pelosi like it? Oh, God. Um, They're going to pass that bill that's going to let them look into your bank accounts. But, like, I just... Legalize all the immigrant illegal immigrants in the country. I... <laughs> It's going to make. It's going to give billions. Are of dollars we just to never going to get the flip? Like we're never going to get the flip. I have no idea. Because, but if the okay, I, if we can prove that the election was fraud, we may already have. If Donald Trump won the election by millions of votes and it was a complete scam, we got the flip. If COVID doesn't kind happen, of kind of, I think you kind of get the flip. I'm looking more for, like, a mainstream flip. But that's how like, you get mainstream. It could be 100 million votes to, to two. It doesn't out, matter. If everyone came out and rejected the narrative in an election to the point where they couldn't rig it. But I'm afraid that there's not going to be any margin that what? they can't rig at this point. Well, exactly. But, like, I don't know. I'm going to keep kind of going back to Glenn Greenwald here because I think that's... Like... How long was the intercept around for? It came out in the a midst decade. of Obama's. It it only took them a decade to like it was designed by Glenn Greenwald to be a media outlet that didn't listen to the bullshit spewed by the by the CIA. They're going to be independent journalists who did real work. It took them ten years to be a joke. Isn't it amazing? In the exact how they've same. Been able to like harm his reputation and like it's crazy like, but like that's what i'm saying like, like they don't it's not real though you always say that yeah and i agree but i think we have to define then like what, what is, is real? real like yeah if it has enough impact where just like one person goes here's what what is real. i think it's real here's what is real what is real is if you went to someone on the street you took their phone out of their hand and you put Glenn Greenwald in front of them. They would probably, nine times out of ten, not gonna know have who he no is. idea who he was. Yeah. And when you told them who he was, and he talked to them about any given issue you wanted them to talk about, it, they would know his credibility. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, online, you might go under any given Glenn Greenwald tweet and see 10, 11, 12, 13 people saying all sorts of stuff about how 
ridiculous he is as a person. Dude, now, it's but he's wild. The, in my it's opinion, wild. the most credible journalist of my life. I think so. I've, I've been thinking about it. I want a new tattoo, and I kind of want like something really like for these times that I'm. I feel like I'm living through. Like 2016, I was how old? It was 22-ish. I'm about to be turning 27. It doesn't seem like we're going to get an end to this shit until at least I'm 40. So, like, we're talking about, like, me going through, like, the most important years of my life. Yep. Are going to be through this crazy, difficult, changing time. And, like, who's going to, like... Like, I want something to, to kind of, like, commemorate these times. So I was thinking of, like, ridiculous ideas. What if I just get, like, a portrait of Glenn Greenwald tattooed on me? No. I think I'm going to do it. Don't do that. I might. Depending on how the next couple years... That's a good one. Get Assange. That's a good one. I would get Assange tattooed on me. They tried to kill him. You see that shit come out? No. All right, so they... Mike Pompeo, while he was was head of the CIA, was... uh, trying to kidnap and assassinate Julian Assange new files released which is I'm glad I know that because I liked Pompeo but like now I can just never consider him again for anything how about we kidnap and kill him <laughs> I mean it's it'd be better for society I have a good name for this podcast by the way yeah and I think what you should do is I think you should delete your Twitter account okay start a new one all right with the name, actually, maybe not delete it because you have followers on there. You probably want to keep that for a nice base. So never mind. Change your profile picture. Change your name. Change everything. So like, change it's like a like. Let's establish like a real party. That's like your platform is strictly just anti-democrat. Your party could even just be called the anti-democratic party. Just, I just don't like them. <laughs> Everything I do will be against them. I just want to stop them from having any power. I don't give a shit about the Republicans. I might be for them. I might be against them. However, I, don't, I, I don't, get my way fucking the Democrats. I'll do that with the Republicans. I don't care. But just know, everything is well, it's designed like, to be. It's more like, I don't like the Republicans either, but like, the enemy of my enemy is kind of my friend. So like, once the Democrats are gone, maybe I'll be an anti-Republican party. But right now, I'm anti-Democrat party. So like... Hardcore anti-Democrats. They really need that. They really do. They really do. This good co- I, They have too much power, dude. I tell people all the time. We said, said it last, we said it last we said week. It last, it's a good cop, bad cop routine. The Republicans are the bad cop. There's no need to constantly point out how bad the bad cop is. But the good cop who's holding you hostage, you have to like slap the shit. This is real Stockholm Syndrome people have. They're so attached to Nancy Pelosi. It's crazy. It's, it's Dude, insane. Like, I have... I don't I don't think... I, Kamala Harris couldn't be more blatantly I'm corrupt trying to as think. an individual human being. I'm trying to think if like I want to use the word hate. Because I'm trying not to. No, I I told you there's only two people I hate. I forget. Who. And I don't... I don't have any hate in my heart for anyone. But like... And I don't even consider it hate. But like the strongest negative feeling I have towards any two human beings on this planet. It's John Podesta and Hillary Clinton. Okay. So, as much as I don't like Hillary Clinton, as much as I don't (laughs) like Hillary Clinton, I get to live in my little world where, like, if I was to see Hillary on TV, I get to... It makes you upset. No, I get to at least know, like, 
a lot of people are pissed off that Hillary's on my TV, you yeah. know? But when I see Nancy Pelosi on TV, I don't know why. I have, like, a, a physical reaction. <laughs> like, I get, like, ill. I go, Ugh. Oh. Like, I'm like, my body starts aching. I think I develop a fever. And I'm like, I feel... I need to go to a hospital. Like, this can't... Right. This can't be good. Yeah. It's amazing, too. She's, like, a small person. Dude, I'd break her ribs. I know. Like, I would tackle she really her. doesn't stand any physical I would tackle, chance tackle against her, like, any Matthew person. Judon against... <laughs> To a tongue of I love. Just so she's got like a lot of balls. All of them. All <sighs> these politicians in DC. And I was thinking about it today. Oh my god, like, wait, can I tell you something? Sure. Actually, I probably shouldn't put on the podcast. I'm gonna try to be vague about this. Someone I know. Okay. I won't tell you how I know them or who they are to me. But someone I know knows someone who works on the on a police force somewhere. Okay. Their job is to like, like if there if someone is deemed a threat against political figures, their job is to go see if that like that threat is credible. Is credible. I think one day he's just gonna show up to like my door. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I forget what I was gonna say. Oh, I was thinking about it today. America, the individual American is not impacted very much by what's happening in Washington, D.C., but that's a testament to how prosperous and free our nation still is and has been. And a lot of people... Well, we're, we're seeing it dwindle. Yes, of course. Like COVID, the COVID well, restrictions and, like, I mean, that's yes. the biggest start of all of it. The COVID restrictions, the inflation that you see. Like, um, it's not going to be much longer before, like... The infringements on 2A, I mean, 100 Republicans just voted with Democrats to pass Dude, the red, red flag, flag laws. laws. So, what are we doing? So This podcast is probably going to get our guns taken away. Probably. But the point is, on a day-to-day basis, most Americans don't feel that weight, that oppression. Because, wonderfully enough, you could just do your business here and live your life. And be free of it. Be fine. No one actually is coming for you. But (laughs) the things that are being done in Washington, D.C. because of how prosperous and productive we are as a society is disastrous for, A, the future of our country and our children and our our, sons and daughters, but for the prospects of this nation long term. Like, it won't sustain it will collapse. And it is collapsing. Like we, we say it all the time. This is the collapse of a society. But what we have to understand is that the people in Washington, D.C. are the cause. Like, it's not... In a perfect world, we don't need the government to do what we do every day. We don't need, we don't need Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. They're there because of us. We put them there. And in return... They've, they've raped and pillaged our country for generations. So, like, what's the, what's the exchange there, you know? What's fair? Because someone needs to be held accountable eventually when you realize how much damage has been done. Let's look what's happened in Afghanistan. Look what's happening on the border. Look what's happening with our student debt situation, the economic crisis that our country is in, all the bubbles that happen, the, the corrupt stock market, the insider trading. 
the this mass surveillance, all of it. Your freedoms are gone, and you don't even realize it. So like it's the what they're building the prison around us. But they won't. I don't think they will succeed. It feels like they have, but they definitely haven't, and I don't think they will. Because in order to succeed, they have to actually. They're gonna have to at some point take the mask completely off. And I think once we're united, we're unbeatable. I really do, honestly. If you're a Democrat out there or a liberal, uh, I do think once we're together, like we can't be stopped. I have no ill will towards any individual out there other than John Podesta and Hillary Clinton, as expressed. Glenn Greenwald just put out a really good thread. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. We should probably go. All right. That was a good one. Yep. It's going to be weird. None of you accidentally just burnt your house down. All right, bye. (laughs) Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, the garage. This is the Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together just to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother. Frankie Biazzi. Uh, Dolphins lost a crazy game. Yankees have won in heroic Six fashion. Six in a row, baby. Swept the Red Sox. Well, last Dude, week we left two weeks off. ago. Was it two weeks ago or was it a week ago? Where I was like... I'm more excited for the Dolphins than I am the Yankees. What does that, that say? Fuck that. <laughs> Yankees to the World Series, baby. Dolphins suck. Dude, I hate sports. Uh, the Dolphins, will, I think, will be fine long term. Alright. I'm, I'm just going to hold all comments. I mean, think about it. Think about what we said about them for a long time. If they get 2-2 two and two in this stretch and then 6-6 six and six after. I mean, 3-3 three and three after eh. 6. Eh. I think you're there. You can get there. And then, I think, with the way Tampa's looked, that game looks winnable too. Yeah, if you if you were a good team, I think you're not that far off. You're just not executing well, and you're and okay. I think the best thing about yesterday's game is that the team actually played better. The players looked pretty good. They could. There's more there, definitely, but we really lost that game because of the coaching. And I like the coaches. We have to run. But the coaches killed us yesterday. We have to do something better with Jalen Waddle. Can we can we do some dynamic plays with him? No. He has to, he has like, to catch bubble screens. Like, why don't we have any deep passes ever? Every, I, watch, I watch Red Zone every week. And I watch awesome plays by quarterbacks we never every do. week. Have we had one touchdown longer than 40 yards in the past three seasons? Well, yeah. Four seasons? Well, remember with Fitzpatrick, we had a lot of exciting plays. Bring Fitz back. And the offense was pretty good. Well, Fitz is now out. It's so dumb. But I do think you need a more dynamic quarterback than... If Brissett has to play longer than they think... I think Brissett can win the game against the Colts and make the Buccaneers game. game... It is a revenge game. And make the Buccaneers game competitive. I believe that can happen. If Tua comes back after that Buccaneers game against the Jags, the way Trevor Lawrence has looked and the Jags have looked... And Tua pulls off that win, I think then he can get off to a roll against the softer part of our schedule. We have to get through the Bills. 
Ugh. <laughs> Again. That's a loss. That is a loss in the book. Don't even try to say anything else. But that's the three and, and three. And if it's not, great. But I think you're going to be two and four. Two and four is rough. And I think I but think you that's can like get to three and three. You, you're telling me you don't think you can beat the Colts and the Jaguars? No, I think you can beat the Jaguars. You just don't think we can beat the Colts. The Colts I think, look like no. I think you can beat the Colts. But like you, I always think you have to look at it from the other side. So like if you're the Colts, you're going, man, we're zero three. We've played three tough teams. Let's go get our fourth win against that shit Dolphins team. Like that's what they're thinking. They're going that Dolphins team isn't good. The Colts. Yeah, dude. The Colts are 1-2. They're 0-3. 0-3. Oh, They're 0-3. Yeah. They played the Seahawks, the Titans, and... Who's the third game? Who'd the Colts play? Did they play yesterday? No, they played the Titans yesterday. They played the Week Je- 1, they uh... played the Seahawks. Week 2, they played somebody. Was it the Packers? They didn't play the Packers. Who'd they play? Anyway, my point is just... They've played three tough teams, and they're 0-3. I think they're going, we're getting our first win. We're, we get our, Finally, we have a game we, that's Who have winnable. we played? You've played a Patriots team that I think is bad. Okay. And you, you didn't... At the time, that win felt good. That's coming out of week one, you beat Belichick in New England. Correct, and I felt really good about it. You should feel good about it. But then, like, I watched New England and then what play did you do? The, the next two games, and I go, eh. Then you got blown out by the Bills, played the worst game I've ever seen in my life. And what the Bills do this weekend? Killed another team. Okay. Because what they do. Because they're good. Correct. Okay. And then what did you do yesterday? your first half, well, not even your first half, your second and third quarters were awful football. Sure. But what'd you do? You managed to come back because the only thing you could do was you had to. It was either get embarrassed or come back and lose. And what kind of team do you have then? I think you're a better than the Colts at home. I, I don't think there's any reason you should lose. If you lose this game to the Colts, then you are a bad team. But I don't think there's any reason why you should look at what the Colts have done and been like, well, they play tough teams, and look at what the Dolphins have done. No, no, no. Like, that's the not Dolphins what, haven't. But that's not home. what I'm saying. That's not what I'm All saying. Right. So I'm looking I'm, at it from the other side, too. And from the other side, the Colts seem worse than the Dolphins. I'm like, saying. How much better the, is Carson Wentz than Jacoby Brissett? Is oh, he, he's, he's probably worse. But my point is this if you are the Colts. Sure. You look at the Dolphins and you go, that's a winnable game. Just like we're looking at the Colts going, that's a winnable game. Okay. I'm not saying that's not true either. Okay. But but you're saying you're looking at a 2-4. I say you have to be 3-3. Three and three. Like You have to. You have to be able to beat the Colts and the Jaguars. And this team has shown that they're good enough to beat both those teams, I think. Because yesterday... It depends what team shows up. The team that showed up yesterday should be able to beat both those teams. And the team that showed up week one should be able to beat both those teams. The team that showed up week two should be able to beat those those same. I'm not worried about the Jaguars. The team that showed up week two that got blown out 38 nothing didn't play that bad of a game. If they don't fumble the ball away constantly. I think it just comes down to if your offense can move the ball, you can win the game. I think so too. But I don't even think that has to happen. Like, th- like It's not even if your offense can move the ball. It's literally if your defense plays up to their capabilities... And your offense isn't the worst offense in football. Unfortunately, there have been six quarters of the year, maybe even like eight quarters so far in this season, where we've been the worst offense in football. The worst. 
And there have been. It eight makes you want to vomit watching. There've probably been like eight other quarters. How many? Four, three. Games. It's in twelve quarters. So what six is it? And six. I just saw the tweets. Us, the Bears, and who's the other really bad offensive team in the NFL? I forget who the third team is, but it's us and the, the Bears. Giants. No, they're better somehow. Actually, maybe it is the Giants. Maybe it's us, the Giants, and the Bears. But all I'm saying is. There have, been, there have been some drives where we... And especially at the end of the Raiders game, which is why I think there's a lot on offense we could build off of from the Raiders game. There was a little bit of confidence I felt from the receivers and the offensive line in this game. And that's where a lot of our problems have been. For as bad as Jacoby Brissett and Tua and the offensive line has been... I mean, not forget the offensive line. It's the offensive line and the wide receivers that really have to step up their games. I really think it's as simple as, like... And, like, Gasicki... Take the fucking top off and let the offense go. Like, what are we... Like, we, we're, we call plays... Like, bitches. Late in the game. Dude, it was a first and 20. Was it first and 20 or was it the second and 19? Where we ran the run up the middle. I forget if it was the first and 20 that got us to the second and 19 or the if it was the second and 19 and we ran. But regardless, like, it's it's awful. No, I think it was the first and 20. The first and 20, they ran the, the run, got him a yard. And then on second and 19, what do they do? They run a little running back screen. That's creative play calling right there. Glad Adam Gase is gone. It was pretty bad. Like, let's fucking go. Stop. Like, if Jacoby Brissett throws a couple picks, I'm okay with it. But we got to let him throw the ball. He looked terrible. Jacoby Brissett played a terrible football game yesterday. I don't think people are talking about that enough. I think he played pretty well. He was awful. Huh. If Tua played that game. If Tua played that game, what is the conversation in all of football today? But listen, Tua didn't play that game. He threw the ball 50 times for 200 yards. Yeah, that was bad. But and 50 of those yards came in the last drive. Listen, you're not, you're not talking about football. You're talking about individual performances. I'm talking about football. The offense that played yesterday was bad for most of the game, but was able to score at the end of the game because players, other than Jacoby Brissett, made their presence felt. And that's what we're going to need to win. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett and Tua that take this offense to the next level. As much as we want to, Tua can do it, if Tua elevates his game, he right. could really be a difference maker. Yes. Or if we got someone like Deshaun Watson in here, it could make a lot of difference. But it's not going to be that that does it if we really, as a team, are going to win. And if as a team we're going to win, we're going to need what happened at the end of the game to get that game back to tied and then push the ball downfield in overtime, which was guys like Fuller... And Gasicki and Parker and even Waddle and all of them on indi- on each individual play when they had an opportunity they got their separation they had the ball in their hands and they made big catches and they made Jaco- the job easy for Jacoby Brissett so until like the fourth quarter like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter nothing about our offense was easy everything was a struggle and it clicked late in that game and I'm hoping. That that carries over, but it just clicked late in the game because it had to. It had to. But that's like, okay. That was the only your only option was like, hey, we just have to throw the ball. But we, that's we okay. Have, like you can go into practices. We can't run the ball. We did though. We did yesterday. We ran the ball. Jacoby Brissett broke two long runs, and so did hold on, hold on. And so did Brown. Hold on, hold on. You're contradicting yourself. The con- the Brown run was a thirty yard touchdown run. Forget that. 
you were just saying we didn't move the ball. It, our offense looked hard. Yes. Until the end of the game, when the last eight minutes, when they didn't run the ball because they only had the option to pass. But throughout the game, the running game was better, and it's still and the offensive line was better. So I. It's going to keep. It continues to improve. You're fine. I have no hope for the offense. The our ability to run the football. I mean, but I, I think it's just because you have. Think I like. I, I think, think the players. Reactionary. I don't think I am. I think and the players absolutely. are bad. I don't think the players are bad. This is a better group of players than we had last year. We're in I a better think, position than we were last I year. I think you sorely fucked up putting entrusting that like this running back duo. Not even duo. It's just Gaskin. Like that. Like he's not good. Jacoby Brissett's not good. So sure, I'm I'm singling out players. Like the players aren't good. So I don't think they're gonna execute and create this good offense if you don't have the players. I think you have a young, high pros- high ceiling prospects on your offensive line at pretty much every position. I don't think they have high ceilings. Austin Jackson does not have a high ceiling. I think they all have high ceilings. I think they're all young. I, dude, you're talking about Austin Jackson's played. Austin Jackson played a good game yesterday, and he was still bad. Okay, he's played ten games in the NFL. Like, no, he hasn't. This yes, is he not, has. No, he hasn't. He missed half of last year. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Austin Jackson not missed half of last year. I guarantee you, he played eleven games last year. Look it up right now. Look, look it up, up. Look up Austin Jackson's football reference. Guarantee you, he played like fourteen games. If he didn't play every game, he wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't hurt. I'm a slow typer. Hunt. Kinley, Dieter, these kids are good. They're okay. They're not the worst thing in the world, and they're getting better every week. Just like last year, they got better every week, and it was the middle of their season we hit our stride. Last year, he played 13 games. Okay. So. So he's 15. You said he's played 20. You said he's played 10 games in his career. He's 15. He played 13 last year, and he's played the first three games this year. No, he didn't. He missed the first game this year. Yeah, he played two games. He's this year. fifteen he games, games into his NFL career. You're like, there's no ceiling for him. He's playing okay. He played okay yesterday. The offensive line is always a collective. It looks like one player. When the, on the going got tough, oh and when God, we needed dude. him, he committed two terrible penalties. You can't be and allowed you're, you're a being, pressure. You know, you're saying you're not being reactionary. You're literally being reactionary. You can't yeah, be, I'm gonna react. They fucking sucked yesterday, and they sucked the they week before. They didn't suck yesterday. I know, like there was a long period of the game where they sucked, but the football game was longer than that one period of the game. And the final As score came whole. out to one... The two decisions that game that cost us the game was the stupid fucking safety because we were on a roll before then, and if we didn't throw that pass, I guarantee you, if we get out of the end zone, we don't give up the, we don't give up the lead As at a any whole. point in that game. As a whole. Wait, let me finish your thought. The second fucking thing in that game that cost us the game was not going for it in overtime and just go, settling for the tie with the kick. Those are coaching decisions. The players executed to the point they put us in a position to win the game against As a, a good whole, team on the road. Three games into this season. Yes. I don't think you can look at the three games and go, we've played good football. I agree with you, and I also don't think you can look at the three games and say, we are in any different of a spot than we pretty much thought we so would be we have... at this point in the season. You think it looks ugly, but that's what losing in the NFL looks like. If we had kicked the field goal in overtime yesterday and the Raiders don't kick theirs and we tie, or if we somehow put a touchdown up in overtime and the Raiders don't, I think we're all elated and we're and we feel like the season is totally different and it comes down to one or two 
key things. I think the players are right on the cusp. We are just a few plays away. We just got to take care of business against the Colts. And the coaching has a good to be better. Team. Everything has to the be better. The coaching can't take a step back. Everything has to be better. Every aspect of the football team has to be better. The defense wasn't good enough yesterday. The offense totally wasn't good enough yesterday. But we still almost won that game. And we can still win against the Colts and be 2-2. Two and two. So, like, I think it's fine. All right, so we will wait and see. I hope they win. Hope I'm wrong. And I would love for this team to be good. Yeah. But so far, they're bad. So far, they're average. They're, they're a one-and-two football team that have played... That have a bottom, bottom five offense and a very middling defense. Right now, that can change. But right now, that's what you have. And that's what I'm judging. So I will be reactionary, and I will react to those things. That your offense isn't good, your defense is average. You can win football games with that. And if we can become better, we can be a good team. That's all I'm going to say. What do you think could have possibly happened in the first three weeks where we would have been one and two and you would have felt still the same way you would have felt before the season started about the team? Um, the Patriots game could have gone Remember, exactly... Remember, two just broke his ribs. The Patriots game could have gone exactly the same way. And if last week... I mean, I don't know how you can feel the same way about the season after last week. I think last the, the Buffalo game should be eye-opening how far behind the Bills you are. The Bills are in your division. If you want to go anywhere and do anything, that's who you kind of have to be, right? Like You have to go, all right, we, that's who our competition is for this division. If we want to win this division, we got to beat the Bills. How's your skill level compared to the Bills? Holy shit, the Bills are way better than you. But okay, that's one game. I think the Bills would kick the shit out of the Raiders. Like I don't think the Raiders are that good. Well, the Raiders are 3-0, and and Derek Carr is the number one quarterback in the NFL right now, and the Raiders have the, num- like, the number one offense in the NFL. So like, I understand what, where you're coming from, but we also have to take into account the fact that the Bills seem to have our number. So like, I know that's not a good answer for you, like, oh, okay, we, we should have been more competitive against the Bills, but I almost throw that Bills game out, and then let's oh, look at the other two th- games. Th- you can't throw that game out. You have to. You have to, because that's not the team this team ever is. The team that plays the Bills they were that, they were in that every team. situation. They were that team week 17 last year. Against the Bills. Yes! And against every other team in the NFL, we were very good. And I know that's not good enough, but we're only here... We're ahead, again, we're ahead of schedule in this rebuild, so I just think maybe... For now. You were very now. close to being behind schedule, depending no. on how this season goes. You were, The only situation where you're behind schedule is if you end up with like four wins. Do you think this is a four-win football team? Because I don't think that's a four-win football team. I mean, I don't think it's a four-win football team. You're playing the Jets twice. You're playing an 0-3 Colts team coming up. You're playing the Jaguars that can't get out of their own way. If they win seven games, you're not going to say you're behind schedule now? Look at what the Bills did in their in their trajectory. They're a year or two ahead of us in their trajectory. They had a step back here, too. I would be disappointed because we were predicting the playoffs. But I would then say, okay, everyone's on the hot seat, and we're going into the next year, and you have to make the playoffs. And if you don't, guess what? Then the rebuild was a failure. But then you're just on schedule if you then go and make the playoffs. Year four is, the, I think, the year where you definitely have to make the playoffs. The only reason why I think we definitely should make the playoffs this year is because of how good and how steep the trajectory has been the years Correct. past. And I don't look at the Bills game and say, oh, we're much worse than I thought. I think that in... I look at the offense week one, 
Week two, week three. Offense is bad. Yes. Even with two in week one, wasn't great. It was better. It was better than the past two weeks. But it still wasn't good. And then the defense was weird against the Patriots. It was good. Like, it won the game. It was a different type of game plan that we haven't seen. Week two against the Bills, they were good. They were legitimately, defense was great in the first half. But, I mean, at some point, the defense has to, is going to die. And I actually think yesterday, I think the defense played better than people are giving it credit for yesterday. And I just think. The defense played a better game against the Bills. Kind of. Like, the first half was better against the Bills than, like, anything we did, like, yesterday. But I just think, as a whole, I don't think this the defense played that bad yesterday. It's just a matter of, like, if... Overtime in the NFL is is so, like, just garbage. It's not overtime. They, they were bad in overtime, but they were... Bad before they got tired. I'm telling you, they're bad early. No, but they held them. They held them on the possession before we got the ball back to go ahead and tie that game. Yeah, that was a huge stop. Like, hey, if they want, if we want any chance to win this game, you have to stop them. They did. They get the ball back. They go downfield. They tied it. But at some point, when your defense is just gassed all day because your offense can't stay on the field. But the 95 yard drive that they gave up and the 75 yard drive they gave up. Weren't yeah, those were, were bad. They but were those bad. those were bad. They were giving up huge run plays all day, all day, like six yard runs, five yard runs. But you just said runs. it. You just said it. this is the best offense in the NFL. I agree. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think they did a terrible job against. They held the best offense in the NFL to less points than the Bills. But they had a better game against the Bills. You know what I'm saying, though. Like as a collective unit, the defense played because yeah, the, the Bills aren't as good. And I think the offense, in a lot of ways, played worse against Oakland in that stretch of time where they didn't move the ball at all. Wait, you think the offense played worse against the Raiders? Yes. Because... No. They only got seven points off of... Oh, I guess you can make the argument that, like, we... Against the Bills, they drove down and, like, had a couple turnovers in the red zone. We were moving the ball against the Bills. So I don't think the team that got blown up by the Bills, like, I'm not looking at this team like, we have no talent because we lost 35-0 against the Bills. I'm like, we are a few plays away from being much more competitive against the Bills, and we're, like, one or two coaching decisions away from winning this game in Oakland. We're right where we thought we were this whole time. We split the split Bills' paths. You I wanted guess, to take... I guess I'm just disagreeing with, like, you keep saying that. Like, we're right where we thought we... Like, no. Like, I really didn't think we were going to be one and two with, like, two pretty bad losses. Yesterday's loss wasn't a bad loss. Yesterday's loss was a good... Yesterday was a bad loss until the last eight minutes of the game. And then it was minutes a, of the game counts. And then it was... But then it was a bad loss in overtime. But we were up 14 to nothing. Which makes it even, an even worse loss. We had a 14-point lead. Dude. You can't just you can't just look at the negative and be like that's what the team is when they're playing their worst. The team also is when they're winning too and when they're driving and they're scoring. How do they get how do they get half of those 14 points? Defensive p- points. But that's going to be a lot of our team's identity this year. Correct. Okay. But that's what this team is. I don't understand. Like I I don't understand like that's the team we thought we were getting before oh the season God. started. I feel like we're talking in circles, and this is way too long. I didn't want this beginning part to be this long. And I didn't want it to be all Dolphins. 
because no one's going to listen to this and get to our second half, which I think is really good. Instead, they're just going to listen to us argue about the Dolphins. Well, we're not, we can't put any of that in. We can't put this end in. So Why? Because we can't. This isn't staying in there. Why not? Just, oh, well, okay, I'll delete the end part. Well, we're going to delete the end part. Just end it then. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, if you don't like our fucking podcast... It's not about the fucking podcast. It's about your bullshit positivity about the Dolphins is fucking dumb. Like, let's, be ser- let's be serious. It's not Let's dumb. be serious. Right now. Yes. Make, a, make, a, make a bet right now. Yes. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs? They should from this position. Do they make the playoffs? I don't fucking know. Maybe. Yes. I think they could. Commit to an answer. No. Beat the Colts. Be competitive against Tampa Bay. Beat the Jaguars. Be competitive against the Bills. And then you have 10 games to win. Well, see, there's again, so much fucking you just, football. You just threw out an impossibility. We're playing with Be competitive against the Bills. We're playing with our backup quarterback for another two weeks at least. Like, I don't understand why the the pronunciation on the season has to be made on the three games that happened right now and only on the points when they that's, played. Because that's what we have. That's what no, we but have. We, can, we have to throw out the eight minutes where they came back and played well, and we have to throw out the four the. The two quarters where they had the 14-0 lead, and we have to throw out... Half your team played well. And we have to throw out all the good drives that we had that ended in fumbles against the Bills, and we have to only focus on, like, look at everything. And everything tells me that this team is kind of right there. Like, if we're not winning that game in Oakland, oh, it stinks. You wanted it. But you were on the road against a good team, so, like, go beat the Colts and be 2-2 and right where we said at the beginning of the year. 2-2 and is fine. 2-2 and is good. Because from two it's and fine. two, you could win. You could win a lot. It's of fine. Well, that's what we were giving them in the card. I wasn't in the schedule. No, I wasn't. To get... I had them. I had them at two and one after week three, and I had them three and one after week four. Okay. I had the only loss against the Bills. I had them beating this Raiders team because I don't think this Raiders team is good. Now the Raiders might be better than I was giving them credit for in preseason. Like, I didn't think the Raiders were going to be three and zero, oh. but I still thought like that's a game that you should win. Which, when I factor my wins and losses at the end of the year, like, that's a win that's gone now. Now, you might pick up that win somewhere else that I wasn't expecting it, but when I give the team 11 wins, I went through the schedule and I went, eh, we should beat the Raiders. I didn't beat the Raiders. I mean, last week we sat in this podcast and I was telling you, go 2-2, go 3-3. That's where I think this team was before the year. It's where I think they should be. If they're going to get 11 or 12 wins, they have to get through the first six games at about 3-3. Three and three. Because then you're going to play easy teams. You're going to play the Falcons and the Jets. All these teams. Like, they all come up. The Giants, the Jets twice. Like, those are wins. If you, They're not good teams. Like, when we go play the Jets, we're not going to look like we looked last week against the Bills or in the middle of this game against the Raiders. Well, you better not. Well, you better, you're right. You, you better have, not. Then you have problems. But do you, but think, do you really think they will? No. Like, did you really like look at this team yesterday? You didn't really watch the game, but like, I watched parts as my phone was not struggling. Okay, so did you really? I don't think when you look at this team yesterday and you're you're watching. The no, I don't have the like, most accurate picture because I like, didn't watch the. Jalen Phillips looked good yesterday, and Jav- and Javon Holland looked really good yesterday, and Jalen Waddle looked oh, good dude, yesterday. I meant to say, who the fuck is this Coleman dude? Where did he come from? And he's awful. He's awful now, but like Nick Needham was bad at the beginning. Coleman's bad. He lit up huge plays. Needham was great yesterday. Yeah, but who's Coleman? Why is he, he playing? He, the young 
cornerback that has to be there because you have only so many guys on the team. You where's, have a lot of cornerbacks. Where's the guy we drafted in the first round? No, that, he's been a healthy scratch for three straight weeks now. I don't know. That's bad. Like that's bad. Like that's that's where I get frustrated. But like, not every prospect is going to hit immediately. I understand, but like, he can't hit ever if he's not playing. But how Dieter, is he going to get again, better? Dieter is our starting center for the third week in a row, and he didn't start at all. He didn't play at all last year. Some guys they like to develop on this team, like long term. I hope I'm wrong. There's a lot of guys who were drafted who are key parts of this team. And then guys like Zach Sealer or Preston Williams or Jakeem Grant who are key parts of this team. And Preston I Williams like, doesn't play football. Preston Williams just sits on the sideline. Another one. I mean, that's fair. He hasn't played much this year. But, I mean, he's just a, he's the seventh wide receiver on the depth chart. So. Wolf Fuller finally played a game yesterday. Caught one ball. He was important. He caught one ball. Nice. He got a few looks. Would have had that nice game-winning touchdown. I would say if if that play goes differently, we're in a, it's a totally different conversation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's like retarded that you're that you're so. Down. But that's what football is, dude. There's only 17 games. I react to each one of them. But that's why you can't. This is game three. But that's why you can't. We're, we're, we have a losing record. We don't look good. Negative. Never. Come out next week. Beat the Colts. Look good. I'll be positive. Is there anything else you want to talk about? You just still didn't watch the comedy thing I want you to watch? No. Appreciate that. Um, I started Ted Lasso. I get it. I get why everyone talks about it. It's a good show. We got right. to what? I gotta go. Rachel needs me. Alright, my co-host is checked out. Alright, see you later. I'm gonna keep keep going here. I'm just gonna give a little talk on Ted Lasso. Hello? Just kidding. Bye. <laughs>